Welcome to the International Schools Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor. And I'm your co-host, John Mickton. Join us every two weeks for conversations with international school leaders, educators, and innovators who are working and engaging in the world of international school education. And finally, just to say a huge thanks to our valued partner, Fariah Education Group. We'll jump back in later in the podcast to give you some more information about Fariah Education Group. Hello, this is the International Schools Podcast. Your co-host, John Mickden. Uh, nice to have everybody back. Uh, Dan Taylor is in Bahrain on business and was just at BET, so he's going to join us at the next one. I want to thank all our listeners. A lot of people are sending comments uh, through LinkedIn and Twitter and just encouraging us uh, to continue this and also some great feedback, some great suggestions, and really appreciate all the support we're getting kind of uh, unexpectedly for this podcast. So Dan and I are most grateful uh, for that. Today, we have two guests. Uh, and uh, the first guest, really the person that kind of connected with me after a bit of a disconnection, we hadn't been in touch for a little while, is Gregory Hedger, who I've known for the last 20 years. Just before the show, we were saying, God, we've known each other for two mm -hmm. decades. And in different contexts, uh, Gregory has been a head of school in many international schools around the globe. And uh, we've interacted at conferences and just other situations and it's always been such a privilege to be connected to Greg uh, as an educator and a school leader and then we have Max who's Greg's son and he's joining us too and maybe it's a bit of an unorthodox podcast because uh, Greg is an international school leader Max is an international school student they are situated in Myanmar but currently, because of the situation, Greg is at home, uh, it is in Myanmar, and Max is in Minnesota. Correct, Max? Yes. Yeah. And now we'd like to say a few words from our valued partner and sponsor, Fariah Education Group. Fariah Education Group has been with you through thick and thin, helping international schools minimize headaches and easing transitions. Whether through paperless admissions with Open Apply, Curriculum First Learning with ManageBack or School to Home Management with Schools Buddy. Fariah has been your partner. What's more, Fariah has been expanding with additional services, including professional development for international school educators. MiniPD is a professional learning platform by practitioners for practitioners. With a global community of learners and coaches, MiniPD makes the learning experience more personal flexible and equitable. Looking for a PD solution for your school or something for yourself? Sign up for an individualized coaching and enjoy a 10% discount using the code ISPODCAST. Head over to app.minipd.com. That's app.minipd.com to book your personal learning coach today. MiniPD, embracing the learner in every educator. So what we're going to do is Greg and Max are going on this trip together. They're going to canoe down the Mississippi. And we're going to use that journey as a way to kind of learn more about Greg and Max and their adventure and also their lives and how maybe international school education has been part of that narrative, uh, both being in international schools and some reflections about this uh, fantastic trip that I'm really excited to hear about because I think that for many people, everybody wants to have that big trip, you know, yeah. the trip of the lifetime. And I was very blessed in uh, with my wife. We took off 16 months and cycled uh, through Southeast Asia and Asia and Eastern Europe. And we actually biked from Saigon to Hanoi in 1989 oh. when there were no cars and it was still very much closed down. And we also cycled through Sumatra and Java. So I really appreciate and, and empathize the energy, the excitement, and kind of the sense of adventure that something like this brings about such a big project. So we're going to kind of delve into that and learn more. Greg and Max, welcome to International Schools Podcast. Such a wonderful uh, opportunity to have you both here. And I'm just going to throw it back to you, Greg, maybe kick off with, you know, telling our audience a little about you as a school leader. You've been a director in, in many different continents. And then we'll go over to Max to tell a bit about his story. So Greg, welcome. 
Yeah, well, thanks, uh, John. It is it, it, it is great to connect. It's uh, boy, it, it's been a long time that we've known each other. Uh, it kind of kind of ages us a little bit, I guess, when you think about it. But, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, especially but, when we start having our kids next to us on you know educational podcasts, you know, you're getting yeah. older. Well, and, and in my case, Max is my youngest, so that's that's that's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's really something. But uh, well, let, let me just tell you a little bit about. Uh, the trip and, and how we've uh, gotten to the point of, uh, of getting ready to do this. Uh, and actually, you mentioned that by the time this, uh, uh, this podcast comes out, we'll actually probably already be on the river at that point. Um, but uh, so here's the thing. I've always personally, I've always enjoyed canoeing and, and enjoyed the outdoors. And actually, back in 1985, uh, I was working with a, an organization called the uh, National Youth Leadership Council. And they worked with the United Nations that year on the, uh, uh, the International Youth Year and worked to put together, the, there was two trips, two major trips in the world for young people. One was in, uh, in Russia and the other was, or the Soviet Union at that time, and the other was on the Mississippi River. And kids came in from all over the world. They do 10 days or a leg of the river, canoeing down it. And they did what's called the Upper Mississippi Navigational Route. So the upper 1,300 miles. Uh, and so I was working with the organiz organization that was designing and, and planning the trip. Uh, and so I, I was actually in charge of uh, putting together all the logistics and the planning and you know, the routing and, and all of that. And then, uh, and then as the trip came up, I was then hired to be one of the trip leaders, bringing the kids down the river. Oh, so okay. I was involved in that 1300 mile uh, uh, journey. And the thing for me is, I, I, I mean, I still look back at that time as really, I think, one of the first true multicultural experiences I had, because uh, in those days, anyway, I'll find out if it's still true. But in those days, when you canoe down the Mississippi River, you, you know, you can't, it, it's an urban river, right? So you're going through all these little, you know, towns and in some cases, cities and a lot of wilderness, too. But all these little towns have very much had an ethnic flavor from the people who had settled there and, and in many cases, family, same families had been there for generations. And it was just, it was an incredibly interesting experience. And, and I always thought to myself, gee, you know, someday, you know, when I have kids and I'd like to do this journey again with, uh, with my kids and, you know, maybe even do the entire river. And then, uh, and then I ended up, I had three daughters and uh, none of them were, uh, were interested in, in doing something like that. And, uh, and so I had kind of given up on it. And then Max came into our lives. We, Max is 15 now, and we adopted him, or, or, or we took him into our home when he was uh, nine years old. He was a street kid here in Myanmar, and, and we've since, uh, since adopted him. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that. But anyway, he and I, he's, he's ended up going to camp and went to canoe camp every summer in Minnesota and, and really has gotten into canoeing. And so then two years ago, uh, I actually came across a, a book here in Myanmar uh, by a guy who had canoed the Irrawaddy River back in, I want to say the 1930s. And uh, anyway, I picked it up. I, I found it at an antique bookstore, picked it up and read it and discovered that the, that, that guy, he had uh, can, canoed basically all the major rivers of the world and had written books about them all. And he had written one about uh, canoeing the Mississippi. And so I got a hold of that and I, I got it just as COVID was hitting us, right? And so Max and I ended up being stuck here that first summer of COVID. We couldn't leave. And I had this book and I was reading it and I was telling him about it. And finally I, I said, Max, it, maybe we should do something like this. And he was all for it. So we actually started planning. We've been planning it for two years. And then along the way, you know, there's been a lot happening in Myanmar. And uh, we at some point decided we also wanted to make this really kind of meaningful and take advantage of it as, as an opportunity to, to do something for, uh, for children here in Myanmar. Uh, and our school supports a, a couple of organizations. We're at the International School Young Gun, and our school supports a couple of, of different organizations. One is through United World Schools. We support a, a, a small little school up in a, a village in the, in the mountains up in the northeast of the country. And then we also support an orphanage here in uh, in uh, just out, on the outskirts of Yangon. And so Max and I decided to take advantage of the trip to try and raise funds for those two programs. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so we're taking donations as well. Uh, people can Great. Our, yeah, 
Uh, oh, anyway, what, but yes, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, Greg, go ahead for donations. If people want to go uh, for donations, uh, where would they go? Well, they can go. So Max and I have a blog, and we've been blogging uh, about things leading up to the trip. And then we're gonna uh, we're planning to do two postings a week as we're as we're traveling. So we encourage people to subscribe to that. But if they go to the blog, there's also a spot where they can uh, donate. Great. We've yeah, and it's uh, let's see, it's, it's in the show have, notes. We yes, we it have it in our show notes. Uh, so right. when you go to the podcast and listen, do make a point of going to Greg and Max's uh, blog. And of course, if you feel so inclined to support uh, the organizations there, make sure to make a donation. Now, Greg, I think it's also important to say that you've been a school head in uh, many different countries. Right. Uh, so you are a school leader, international school leader. Uh, often school leaders don't have much time. They're busy people. Yeah. And uh, so you are currently, so you guys are going to carve up a, a summer. What are you talking for? Yeah, so we're ta weeks? No, we're talking it's, uh, uh, about a 10 week trip. So it's um, okay. And uh, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, part of the, pro of the planning process has been getting people on board because uh, we're going to miss a bit of school. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I've had to you know, talk to them, my board and make sure that, uh, that they're, they're okay with it. And they're very supportive. You know, the leadership team is going to have to cover for me for a couple of weeks on each end. Uh, and so, you know, the, they're, they're taking that on. Uh, but it's been interesting because we, we've made this, uh, this trip almost a, a school, uh, a school activity. I mean, we've got, you know, because the two organizations that we're raising money for are uh, organizations, our school supports, we've also been able to really uh, make our trip something that, that our community is getting excited about as well. And uh, that's great. So the, yeah. the community, the school community is actually behind this. So it's yeah. kind of more than just Max and Greg's trip. It's the school community's trip and you're right. kind of the vehicles, the people that are heading out. Max, when your dad was reading this book and you know, you're stuck uh, for in COVID and, and isolation, everything. Were you already interested in those kind of themes of you know explorers, adventures, or was it really just somehow by coincidence your dad tapped your shoulder saying, "Wow, this is a really interesting book." Um, I no, actually, I was really interested because I am really like an outdoor person, and uh, uh, I mean, I do love outdoors and stuff. So I was like, it was. It was quite a new thing, and then I was a. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even really argue with it. I was like, "Yeah, I think we should do it." Awesome! Wow, that's great. And Greg and Max, maybe tell us a bit about how you came together, because I think that in itself is a very interesting story. Uh, Greg and Max, so maybe tell us a bit about that chapter, and how from there now you're going on this trip. You're part of the same family. Maybe give us a little background to how this all started. Yeah, do you wanna talk about that, Max? Max, do you wanna, wanna start? Um, sure, sure. Um, um, all right. <laughs> um, how, how do we start it, right? Is that the question? Well, yeah. yeah he, he, he's, he's More how did you connect how to your we, parents? How we, got, how we met. Um, yeah, exactly, kind of, because think... it's, an, it's a bit of an unusual story, so I think our yeah. listeners would love to hear the story. Yeah, I think in um, 2016, um, uh, I was still little. Um, I couldn't speak any English. Um, I think all I know is like, hello. And there was one time that dad, he, walk, he was walking with um, his daughter, Anna, and Joey. And I, I crossed by and then... Um, Actually, I crashed by, I think I asked for money that day. And it was, they were very kind of it. And they gave me some money. And I didn't, you know, I didn't think I'll see them again because people always, you see them, is all gone, right? So um, I saw them first day. And I think every week or so, or every like Friday, I see them again. And then same, same again, I asked for money. And um, over time, it got, it got a little more, it just, um, I don't know how to say it, but it's like over time, um, they will come and then there's time he won't come, but just because he went to different school, like different place to his, for his work. And then there's time I'd be like wondering why he's not coming. And then there's times like, ah, maybe he have work, you know, but I, I couldn't understand anything. So it was hard for me. 
Um, that yeah, was can, really yeah. Can, go ahead. Can, can I can I jump in there and film uh, some yeah. pieces that? Uh, yeah. So, because uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you, Max. No problem. John, I think you're probably uh, maybe a little uh, more familiar with Max's background, but of course, people listening uh, probably aren't. Uh, and so uh, Max's situation is he was living on the streets here in Yangon. He's actually from a, uh, a little village that's about 10 hours north of here. Um, but uh, when Max was quite young, his uh, father had passed away and his mother uh, couldn't take care of him and had sent him, as well as he has uh, some other brothers as well. And they'd all been sent to different places to work. So Max was sent to uh, Yangon here and he worked in a tea shop. And, uh, and then eventually ran away from there and was living on the streets. And when, that's where we met him. He was nine at the time. And uh, he ended up, uh, as he was talking, as he was mentioning there, so, uh, you know, we would see him. We, he was living, on, living for the most part under a bridge uh, not too far from our home. And we would uh, go running down there, go walking or whatever, and, uh, and see him and we'd give him money. And, uh, and then uh, occasionally he would also come back to the house and we'd give him uh, a meal and, uh, and some clothes and stuff. And then at, uh, at one point, um, he just kind of disappeared and we didn't know where he had gone to. Uh, and so I had our head of security come down to that area and, and ask around. Uh, and we discovered that he, uh, that one of the other kids down there had pickpocketed somebody and the police didn't know which one of the kids did it. And so they just rounded them all up. And oh. so we ended up going down to the police station and got them to, uh, release Max to me. And, uh, and so then I brought him home. And at that point, my, my, my youngest daughter was still living with us at the time. And, uh, she and my wife and I, we kind of thought that maybe Max would, uh, you know, we assumed he would still live on the streets, but that he would, could just use our home as a home base. But uh, instead, he never left. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and, the food uh, was too good. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, and so then we decided to try and help him find his family. And it was interesting because uh, we used Google Earth and he was able to go on, go on Google Earth with us and show us exactly where his home, where his village is and his home is. And so then our head of security uh, went there and found uh, his mom and uh, and she she had actually had thought he had died because she hadn't and he'd been oh. on the streets for about a year and a half at that point so she had no contact with him and, uh, and so she was very happy to find out that he was alive but she was also saying you know if he's got some place to live she'd rather he stay there because she didn't have the ability to take care of him and so then he was with us uh, and and then. Yeah, yeah, just gradually over time, you know, we kind of fell in love with him and decided that we wanted to, to try to adopt him, which that in and of itself was uh, was quite an adventure. Uh, I'm uh, sure. Because there's no uh, there's no adoption treaty you know, between uh, Myanmar and the U.S. Uh, that ended up being a very long and challenging process that we eventually worked through. And then as a result, he, we also got him going in our school and... Uh, uh, and Excellent. Uh, picked up English very fast, and you. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking the English yeah. is amazing, Max. Yeah. Well done, really. It's so impressive. Yeah. yeah. What it's a story! Amazing. Just an amazing story, and uh, what a nice way to now go on this adventure as a way to spend time together. I'm sure there's just going to be a lot of evenings sitting around the fire. Uh, reflecting and also the hours of paddling and all the different things that you're going to encounter. Max, when you think about this trip and uh, your dad before we were recording was telling me that you go to camp in Minnesota and you do some canoeing. So canoeing is not like an unknown quantity for you, no. but it's something that you've really enjoyed and you like doing. What, what are kind of the things that are exciting you about this adventure? Because this is quite significant. It's just not any river. It's one of the great <laughs> rivers and you know, there's literature and stories and history. There's so much embedded in this fantastic geographic, uh, you know, location and the river. What, what are you kind of excited about? Um, well, I am really excited for a lots of things, but main thing is really, really just, going down the river, going on a different campsite. There'll be some on campsite, there'll be some on boathouse, there'll be some on hotel. So it'll be depending on the days and time, right? 
I think that'll be fun because a lot of time you go camping, you really go camping on the ground, right? Yeah. I haven't really done on a boat house or something like that. And that's nice. new. And um, I think I'm kind of looking for that too. Also, just, just kind of really want to see how this go. I mean. Yeah. And have you, tr uh, so you go to Minnesota, which is your, uh, uh, your home. Uh, and do, have you traveled in other parts of the United States or will this be your first really opportunity to discover some other states? Um, I have traveled to other states. This, this year is probably the first one because, um, because we had a lot of times this year. We, we took a 10-day trip to, where did we go, Dan, again? I we went up to Washington down. State and went through Glacier Park and all that. Oh, nice. We drove out to Washington State, yeah. But it's the wow. first year that I went to different states. Usually I'm okay. in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And you're uh, in eighth grade, correct? At yes. the International School of Yangon. And so you also get to have a bit of a special treatment. Two weeks on a, each end of no school. Is that the same yeah. as your dad? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It might be close. And you're, okay. And you're going into ninth grade next year, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. And so... When you talk to your friends, you know, at break time and lunch or when you guys are hanging out on the weekends, what are people saying? They're like, what? Or they're like, no. I mean, what kind of what's, what's kind of the atmosphere when you tell your friends? Um, I think it's mostly yes, very exciting. But same time, I don't think they kind of fully understand what we're actually doing. Um, but I think they know what part of it. I mean, some people do, but lots of people don't really understand what's this for. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things to understand, John, is Max is not uh, at ISY this year. So he and my okay. wife uh, went home uh, after the political situation last spring. And, uh, and, and then actually, I was even back in Minnesota at the beginning of the school year, we couldn't get back into the country. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, we put Max in a, in a public school in Duluth, Minnesota. And okay. Uh, and then we decided to let him finish the year there. So it's actually been, uh, so he's not, at, yes, he's been at ISY before this year and he'll be back there again in, uh, in August. Um, but for this school year, he's actually going to school in Minnesota. Okay, and you, so you, Greg, are still, the school is still open and functioning, but at, as I understand it, a much smaller scale than yeah. pre-revolution, pre-demonstrations or whatever uh, the, yeah. the title is for the event. And so you, you're still physically there and you have a, a skeleton yeah. staff still there and kids, Correct. what kids are there? What, well, most, are most, they so it's interesting. The, uh, uh, so back when, you know, when things were normal and uh, we actually, we had uh, slightly over 800 kids at that time and we had a nationality cap and no one uh, nationality could be more than 30% of the school. Um, oh, interesting. Well, uh, and uh, but then, of course, uh, when everybody left, it was the majority of the foreigners who left. Uh, and so uh, uh, that 30 percent uh, of kids who were Myanmar kids before uh, now represent probably more like 70 or 80 percent of the school. Uh, so it's, it's okay. largely uh, largely a, a Myanmar uh, population that's there right now. Now, we're hoping that things will change. So we actually just got back and reopened in person uh, at the beginning of February. Uh, oh, congratulations. Then, uh, yeah. And, uh, and the airport here is actually just reopening in April. So we actually, we had to come in on a chartered flight when we came back. Um, okay. But the, uh, and so we're hoping that things will start to turn around. It's, it's a tough situation because, uh, yeah, the military regime is still very much in power here. And, uh, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's a challenging situation. I'm not sure how quickly uh, foreigners will come back if they do come back, um, but we are hoping that uh, at least, uh, you know, we may never see 800 again, but we're hoping that we'll at least uh, increase a bit. Yeah. And Greg, you were in Venezuela also at a very interesting yeah, time, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was there. So I've been here. I've been here for six years. And right before this, I was at uh, ECA in Venezuela. Uh, as So I was there as uh, Chavez passed away and Maduro came to power. And then, of course, uh, into that period is when a lot of the, uh, the demonstrations uh, 
I uh, got very thick and very heavy there. And similarly, I saw the, the enrollment drop there as well. When I got there, it was at about 700. And by the time I left, it was at about 300. So, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I'm, 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 That's I'm, almost I'm, a whole other podcast, I think. And I yeah, don't want to spend yeah. too much time <laughs> on that topic because we want to talk about the river trip. So yeah. tell me a bit, a bit about uh, what are you doing to prepare? I mean, you're... 10 weeks, I assume it's going to be a few hundred miles of river paddling, maybe even a thousand. I don't know. I, I don't know how many miles you paddle a day or kilometers. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, the, the total trip is uh, between 2,300 and 2,400 miles, depending on which, uh, which route you take at the very end, because, of course, there's the delta. Okay the end right so it's okay. uh, yeah, so it's, but it's over over 2,000 miles and uh, our goal we've set a goal for ourselves of trying to do about uh, 30 miles a day um, which, which okay. seems like it should be pretty reasonable up in the upper part of the river that we might be pushing it to do that if the if the water level is low we're not you know we don't know what it's going to be like uh, but if it's but we're starting early enough you know we're starting the last week of May uh, and so we're hoping that the river level will be high enough that it won't slow us down too much. Uh, but then, and tell us a bit about the water level. Why is that important? Well, uh, well, because if it's so, of course, the Mississippi. Most people know the Mississippi is this big, wide, giant river. But actually, up where it starts, it's actually a tiny little stream. And uh, uh, and so, if the water level is too low, I mean, you you'll end up having to. Uh, uh, pick up all your stuff and walk for a while. <laughs> so, so oh, uh, I see. Uh, okay. And, uh, okay. You know, that, that can go on. So you're starting right at the source. Yeah. So yep, at Lake Itasca. Yeah. Yeah. And so, are you Max? Are you on a, a rowing machine every morning, doing X amount of miles, or how are you physically getting ready for this? Um, actually, I I haven't done that. <laughs> um, but I I don't I haven't thought of that part. To be honest. But um, I think I'm sure I can do it. I think the few days might be hard, but I think I'll get into the routine once we actually start. Yeah, yeah. And the canoe that you're, uh, is it a traditional uh, American or Native American canoe kind of design? Or is it specially designed for this kind of long trip? I mean, are there some, you know, uh, design aspects that you have to take into consideration for doing a trip with a canoe like this? So the, the canoe we have is actually, it's, uh, it's a North Star canoe, uh, which is a, a, a company in Minnesota. And uh, they make, uh, uh, they, I don't think, I don't want to say that they're handmade, but they, they make them right there at a, at a small, uh, small place in Minnesota. And so we have, uh, we, we chatted with them and we started to talk about the trip. We talked to them, they have several different models and uh, about which model would be uh, uh, the best for us. And, uh, and so we have what's called the North Wind 17-footer. So it's a 17-foot uh, uh, canoe, which is a normal, normal size canoe. You know, when you see the Alumacraft canoes or whatever, it's, uh, uh, that's what they are. This canoe is it's exceptionally light, uh, lightweight. So that's good if we have to do any of that carrying. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and, and it's also quite, uh, is a bit wider than uh, normal canoes, which is, uh, which is good for carrying gear and, and so forth. But uh, uh, so it should be, uh, but the, the other part of that that's good is uh, the lightweightness uh, uh, will allow us to move a bit uh, faster than we would with uh, some other canoes. Okay. And so you guys, I assume you're taking equipment and clothes and gear and everything, but and, uh, basic supplies, but will you basically be by food and beverages along the way? Or you'll, I mean, are there sections where you might be paddling for two, three days and there might not be any places to find food and drink? Yeah. So uh, we've got, I mean, some of this is coming from my memory and some of it is from, uh, from reading, but it's a, the Mississippi is kind of an interesting river because it had, well, it's, it's so long that it has some very distinct features in different places. So uh, almost the first third of the river is, uh, is in Minnesota. Uh, when I say the third, third of the third of the traveling will be in, in Minnesota and starting up at Lake Itasca, you're going through a lot of, uh, 
uh, wilderness areas, uh, you know, natural parks, uh, national, uh, I mean, uh, state parks and national parks. So a lot of uh, outdoors area. And so, uh, there, yes, you can go for good lengths of time without, uh, without you know, seeing a, a town. Uh, and then, uh, and then you start getting down towards uh, towards Minneapolis, and really from, you know, from probably just north of the mini of the Minneapolis St. Paul area, really almost until you get down to St. Louis, it becomes a, a very urban river with a lot of uh, towns, uh, small towns, and and, uh, and and cities, and that's where you know I've told Max that once in a while we might be able to stop and stay in a in a uh, in a motel or a hotel along the way in that section, uh, and then uh, and then after St. Louis, it becomes a, a, an incredibly commercial river, and uh, uh, and also as, as you're getting closer down to uh, getting farther down towards New Orleans, you know there's there historically has been problems with flooding, right? So uh, a lot of the places along the river, there's there's dikes built that cities or towns are are not on the river. They're built way back from the river, uh, and so suddenly. Uh, you know, it becomes almost like a wilderness river again, a, a wilderness river with commercial, uh, like large barge traffic. And, uh, uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, so anyway, so, so there'll be one section, really that midsection where, you know, we, you know, we'll have lots of access to, to re, uh, restocking, but then there'll be periods where, uh, where we won't be able to restock. But we're kind of planning that, planning that, that, that basically about every 10 days uh, we'll be looking to restock our food. Yeah. So you will take enough stuff for 10 days. Uh, yeah. That's kind of the idea. Right. And that's all carried on the canoe. Uh, and I assume you have dry packs, et cetera. I mean, does one tip over with a canoe? I've, I mean, I've been on a canoe. I'm from Switzerland. We have, you know, I don't even know if they call them canoes, but on Lake Le Mans or Lake Geneva, as many people know. Uh, yeah, you know, you tip over and thing. Is that something that you have to prepare for? Is like you're wearing life vests, you have dry packs, all those things are taken into consideration. Yeah, Max, you've done some canoe camping. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I've done some drills like the tipping stuff and how you can handle out. But I done it with a group, which has like three canoe, so you can get your boat out of the water. Because okay. once you tip, it's hard to get out by yourself. You just can't do it. Because if you tip it, if you tip it, like if you push it other way, because we have a very, I think like three and a half feet wide. So it's hard to put it back to, um, really flat on the water but yeah. i don't know how we're going to not really yeah. if you tip it i think it's going to be hard to get the boat up but i think we can manage to get the bags yeah but the short of it john is that uh, uh the goal is to not tip and yeah yes but we will, <laughs> we will be uh, prepared for it i mean life vest we uh we we have some very comfortable life vests because we will be wearing them all the time, and uh, and then yeah, we've got uh, uh, we've got a couple of uh, what are called Duluth packs, which are very large packs that sit in, a, in the canoe, so you store your things in it. But inside, those are canvas packs, and inside those Duluth packs, you have uh, have things in in dry bags or in plastic bags or or whatever. Uh, and then you, you will be tying those Duluth packs into the canoe so that we don't lose those if we do tip. Uh, okay. And uh, uh, so, yeah, but hopefully, you know, ho hopefully that won't happen. Well, I'm thinking it's so wide that it yeah. seems like it's a canoe that has a lot of stability. And right. I take it the Mississippi River is a pretty calm river. I mean, apart from the currents. It, it's not like a lake or an ocean in the sense. Well, that it's pretty... the, one of the challenges with Mississippi is that uh, it's got a lot of uh, dams and uh, uh, locks and dams on it, right? And so behind the the locks, there's often oftentimes very large what have become lakes, yeah. and so there uh, are uh, there are spots where uh, uh, the you know and the river itself is a very you know once you get down 
Well, really sinking down to Minneapolis-St. Paul, the river is actually a very, very wide river. Uh, and so it does, yeah, you can get some pretty strong winds. Uh, and so we have to you know, watch out for that. And then, of course, I mean, you know, as you start getting farther down the river, you know, there's oftentimes hurricanes, as we know, down in the New Orleans yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and that can create some very, you know, very strong weather uh, farther up the river. Uh, and uh, and then, yeah, and then, of course, just normal, normal summer weather. So, it, it, yeah, it is something that, uh, that that we have to be prepared for. Um, at the same time, we're going to, you know, not we, we don't plan to be traveling in the middle of the river too often. So, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Max, as you're doing this trip, are you keeping a journal? Are you taking pictures? Are you going to have an Instagram feed? What, what are the kind of, you know, how are you trying to record this adventure for yourself and your friends? Um, I, be, I have, I thought of uh, making an Instagram, just a fresh uh -huh. new Instagram. And, um, uh, but really, not really a job, but what I want to do is really film for school and for oh, cool. my, this is what I plan is for film for a school website, which is the blog uh -huh. that we post or film for my, my um, social media stuff, which is the Instagram I just talked about. Great. And you're you just using that with a smartphone or you're going to have an actual film camera? I think I might do both. Just like a like a GoPro, just because like yeah. once it's windy or like a raining, like I don't have to take my phone out because the camera is already waterproof. Yeah, it's just much easier, a little lighter. Um, I mean, another thing you can put it in your head, on your vest, really anywhere. So I think probably both. It gives you a lot of flexibility with the GoPro, and that's always nice to kind of see. As you're moving forward, that image, you know, that footage is excellent. So, Greg and Max, are you, do you spend X amount of hours a week kind of planning, discussing? Is there like a, a routine that you're getting into? Or are you just going to show up the first day and, and go? What, what, what are you doing to kind of prepare yourselves, both mentally and just as two individuals are going to spend a lot of time together in this adventure? Mm, yeah, we're, I'm bringing earplugs. So no, I just kidding. <laughs> no, we we kind of go through periods where uh, where we, we do a lot of talking about it, uh, and then you know periods where uh, where we're not talking a lot about it. Uh, certainly, when I was back in Minnesota uh, in the summer and, and in the fall, we were doing a lot more talking. We, and we've got, for example, in the basement of our house, we've got a closet where. You know, we're constantly adding things to it. We, you know, anything we think we might want to bring on the trip, we're just tossing in there at the moment. And and then as soon as uh, as soon as I get back, then uh, we'll be packing up. Um, yeah. The, and uh, so, you, you the the trip that you're doing is you're going down the Mississippi. Are there different routes? I mean, obviously, I assume you're not the only one doing this, and a lot of people do it with you know sailboats or motorboats or or barges or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there like a community or a group, you know, as a Facebook group, or is there somewhere you can reach out and say, hey, you've done it. What What are some tips? What are some cautions? What are some yeah. excitements? Yeah, so there are a couple of uh, Mississippi River uh, Facebook sites. So we're on those and you know, we've gotten some information from them. There's also a group of people called the uh, River Angels who are people who live up and down the river and they have a Facebook site as well. And so, uh, for example, if, you know, re restocking of food, you can reach out to, to them a couple of days before you're going to be at a site and, and find somebody who might be willing to pick up your groceries for you and then bring it, uh, bring it to you and meet you. Or, uh, you know, some of them who live along the river, if they know you're coming, they'll, uh, you know, that you can camp out in their yard and they'll have, uh, you know, have a barbecue for you or whatever. So, uh, so there's a, uh, you know, there's those kind of people who are there as well. You know, there's, a, I mean, it's Mississippi is a recreational river in addition to being a commercial river. There's, so there's a lot of people doing recreational things. There's a, a lot of people canoeing segments of the river. Uh, okay. The number of people doing the full river like we're going to do it is probably between, between 10 and 20 people a year. So it's, uh, okay. uh, so it's not a, a large group, but it's, uh, you know, there's a group that does it. Um, and, uh, and some of them have, uh, have websites where they've written about uh, their trips. So we've been able to go on there and, and get information as well. And, uh, so, yeah. So this sounds like there are a lot of points of reference, uh, that you can kind of tap into. So Max, when you, uh, 
think about this. What are some feelings that you have? You know, this is your, your what we're now in March, early April. You have a few months. What, what are kind of the feelings? Are you excited? Is there any trepidation? I am excited, but I think there's two things I don't think I'm excited. Is one, once we get down, the big ships, I think it's kind of scares me because I watch some YouTube and the canoe is like this big and the ship is like wave. It's huge. And it, I think the one that's I'm really scared of that part. Um, okay. Another thing okay. is alligator. Oh, good um, point. <laughs> alligator, it's, uh, yeah, that thing scares me because once you get down, you'll see more of those guys. Down on the when you go down to the Mississippi Delta kind of yeah. uh, New Orleans area, yeah, yeah. So uh, oh, you know that's interesting that you say the alligator. I never thought of wildlife. You know, I had lived in Africa, and when we were in Tanzania, whenever you got out of your Land Rover, they always said, "Now you're part of the food chain." You know, <laughs> everything is equal. So uh, I, th- I I I absolutely can empathize the feeling of you know when uh, wild animals like alligators, the, the, yeah, that, that makes it more complicated. Greg, how about you? What are some of the feelings and uh, excitements and maybe even trepidations you have about doing this? Well, I'm, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm most excited about spending the time with Max. I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, especially because this year I ha- we haven't had a lot of time together. So that's, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm more nervous about is, you know, last time I canoed this river, I was, what, 20, 23, 24, something like that. I'm, I'm now I'm turning 60 this year. So my body's in a bit different, uh, different shape than it was at that time. So I'm uh, you know, yeah. the, not, not looking forward to the aches and pains that I anticipate will be the, fr- the first couple of weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, but, uh, but it's... It, I mean, I have to say, generally speaking, I'm very, just very excited about it and looking forward to it. Is there something if, you know, we think uh, many of our listeners have children, young adolescents, and, you know, a shared experience with a parent or a sibling is always a very rich component of, of, you know, life's journey and life's experiences. Did you have to do much convincing? or did you, maybe your wife was like, no, you're not doing that. This is a crazy idea. I mean, how, how did you guys kind of, I mean, you had that experience of having done the Mississippi and being involved with that organization. But when you start bringing up the idea, what, what were some, you know, strategies that you came up with to see, you know, how am I going to sell this, that it becomes palatable to everybody involved yeah and of course your daughters and your larger family you know everybody's been very supportive i mean my uh, my wife i you know she knows that that, you know i like yeah you know what i I guess one of the things that you know is uh, when i think about it you know it's like i'm somebody who just loves life and uh, there's i like adventure i like uh, doing exciting things thus the reason we live in the places we do right and uh, and yeah my wife knows that and you know when i you know, broached it with her. She was very supportive. The girls, I mean, they, they, you know, they live in very adventurous lives themselves. And, and, uh, so they've been very supportive and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I actually, I don't think we've, uh, there might be some people who think we're crazy, but not saying it to our faces. I don't know, but, uh, but certainly, uh, everybody to, you know, that we've talked to has been very supportive. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And Max, do you ever think, oh, maybe this is not a good idea? Do you ever have second thoughts? I have, and then, but I have it, and I <laughs> went back to normal. <laughs> but yeah, and why but yeah, we should do it. Thought? What was the thing that gave you a second thought? Um, the the ships. <laughs> once I saw the, the ships, ships. Yeah. because yeah, once yeah. you get down there, it's really long. It's really wide. And the weather can change in about a minute, right? Okay, so big that it can change, you know, it can get rough very easily. Especially think of uh, a ship passing by, there's a big wave coming at you, and you're going to try to go next to the shore. I think it'll be challenging for that part. But, yeah. uh, oh, I can only imagine. Because those ships, actually, when you think of them, they're huge <laughs> oil tankers. I mean, the, the size, you know, one, I think. 
you, you know, your dad was actually alluding to that people forget the Mississippi is a very wide, busy river. And I like the way you were mentioning that, Greg, that it's a commercial river, it's a recreational river, it's also a natural uh, wildlife river. So it has many different characteristics and different personalities. And I think, Max, you talking about the ships is a great way to highlight that commercial component of it. So right now you you are both in two separate countries what are you taking a few weeks before to get ready or is it literally you're going to you know have a weekend pack and go or is there some preparation to do before actually getting on the uh, boat well if we're doing a, a, a lot of the preparation now my wife is actually helping helping out with that uh and then when i fly home i'll fly home about a week uh before we uh, hit the river and so that'll give us uh, some time to get packed up. But, uh, but yeah, my wife is actually helping out, uh, getting, uh, just getting some things organized, uh, um, getting some things purchased for us. We're, of course, you know, these days you can do a lot of stuff online. So uh, we're doing some work online. Uh, and, but yeah, once I get back, though, it'll be about a week before we hit the river. And will you have somebody tracking you, somebody driving along the coastline no. in a car? No. no. So we you're just have, doing we it. Don't have, you know, we don't have that. But on our blog, uh, we're posting kind of the itinerary, like roughly where we'll be. And, uh, and we've, uh, you know, we're inviting people to join us. I mean, we, I, I grew up in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, in Minneapolis. And all, actually, all three of our da my daughters live there. Uh, and so, you know, we anticipate seeing them there. We, uh, my wife's family is down in St. Louis. So we anticipate seeing some people there. And then you know, there's, there's a few other friends and, and people we know who have indicated they want to, you know, hook up with us uh, at different spots. So, uh, so yeah, so there'll be opportunities to see people, but, uh, but no, nobody's going to be traveling alongside of us. No. Okay. And I assume when you are on this river, you try to stay close to the shore as much as possible. Is yeah. there like a, a distance or, you know, is, is there some guidance on how to, you know, when you're on a big river like that? Well, there's the a, best way? So, well so there's a navigational route on, uh, on the river, which is marked out by, uh, by buoys, uh, by colored buoys. And the, uh, the commercial traffic has to stay within the navigational route. So okay. that so that's the goal is to is to stay out of that and uh, you know but you know as I mentioned in some places the river is quite wide and so the navigational route takes up a very small portion of it but uh, uh, and then uh, you know in some places the area close to shore is is very shallow so you you know a, we want to avoid that as well so it, it'll be different in different places yeah. So you really have to accommodate for the different geographic and kind of uh, shoreline. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Max, I assume you've, you've been doing a lot of canoeing. What is, what is the, the secret to somebody that does good canoeing? What, what is, is there a, a pace? Is it the way you paddle? Are there just things that work better than others? Just curious. Uh, well, I think, well, teamwork is one of them. Teamwork. Yep. And um, just having, um, having a good steering is probably the best part. Because and you're steering with a paddle, correct? You don't yes. have a little rudder. No, you go left to right with your hands, I guess. Okay, okay. And what about like blisters and, and things like that? Do you wear gloves? Um, I think we will bring gloves. Um, I'm sure you're going to get blister because you're going to put 30 miles per day or <laughs> more. So I think you'll get some of that. Also, just from the heat too, like sun and stuff. Yeah. And are you sitting down on a little, uh, like a stool, or are you on your knees? What's the best position when you're in a canoe? I mean, you just want to be, try to stable as possible. So you're sitting just like a chair, but you're a little lower. Okay. And then we, we bought some of this little chair for canoe, which is just like it for your back. You have a little rest your your back. So it's better ah, for okay. long distance, like 30 miles. Uh-huh. Um, just like a little stool that like a full and a half stool, just sit on it and then you just paddle. You want to stay balanced, so you just sit balanced as possible. And then the teamwork is talking to each other and going into a rhythm. So one person on the right, one person on the left. A lot of communication between Usually, both people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, is it, who gets to sit up front and in the back or does it rotate? I probably rotate either way. 
because I can cool. steer and then and yeah and then yeah, they can yeah, steer. Yeah, we're both so. uh, we're both capable of doing it. So yeah. Yeah. So here you are. You're about to go on this trip. What I would like to do is this time next year. How about we have a podcast and we can uh, hear about the adventure. Yeah. And uh, we just want to remind our to our listeners check out the show notes. Greg and Max have a blog there. And of course, if you're interested, subscribe to it and you can follow them as they do this adventure. And of course, uh, please remember two organizations in Myanmar. So really trying to raise some awareness and the school community, the International School of Yangon is also uh, supporting them. Any final thoughts or anything you think people should understand when you go about doing something as a father-son? Is there just any advice or some words of wisdom you both have. Max, anything from you? Um, right now, I can't think of it. You can go ahead then. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I can say is, you know, is uh, yeah, I think once you decide, you know, once you're interested in doing in, doing something, you just have to kind of commit to it and, and see it through. And, you know, once we decided we wanted to do it, uh, we just, we've plowed forward and have been planning been any possible little obstacle to about you know around uh, the possibility of doing it we've worked worked through that and yeah that's uh, i guess it's making the commitment and going for it yeah and i bet max uh, max three years ago you never imagined you were going to be paddling down the mississippi no never thought at that point <laughs> <laughs> and just as we wrap up you're in a, in a public school in duluth or yep. in uh or dean east yeah, and yeah and I assume for many of your cohorts, this is very unusual or is, it, is it's this very, something on canoeing? It's very unusual to do the whole Mississippi River. Even, I think people have done it, but it just short amount, you know? And your friends, are they excited? Do they want to support you? I mean, are they subscribing to your blog? Um, well, uh, I think five of my teacher are. Um, because oh, I, I gave them information and then they share it to other teacher, you know, a teacher have connection. Yeah. Um, so teacher are um, kind of following or with our journey, I hope. Great. Um, Excellent. I think even some of my family, uh, not my family, some of my friends, family members are keeping up too. Oh, great. Fantastic. Well, this is just wonderful. And thank you, Greg and Max, for coming on the International Schools podcast. Just fascinating to hear your story, how you connected here in uh, Myanmar, and then this adventure, your connection to when you were actually uh, with that association and how this now you're sharing that uh, rich adventure with your son, Max. So we wish you wonderful trip all the best i'm wow. subscribing to your blog and i know what i'll be reading this summer is the adventures <laughs> of max and greg on the mississippi which just sounds outstanding we really wish you all the best and uh, we have a date next march uh here on the international school podcast and we can kind of hear about your adventure and uh how the big ships did max and if you saw any alligators those are the yeah. two things i'm going to be asking you about well listen Thank you so much for being on the podcast and really wish you all the well and good health and a very positive adventure. Thank 